on this episode, I'd like to introduce you to Katie Fussenegger. She's the vice president of the Kentucky Derby Museum. She has a rich history in Kentucky tourism. Most recently, she was the CEO of Shelby Kentucky Tourism, just east of Louisville. She also worked at Louisville Tourism and is involved in the tourism industry at a state level, currently serving as board treasurer of the Kentucky Tourism Industry Association and past president of the Kentucky Association of Convention and Visitors Bureau. Most importantly, she's married with two kiddos at home and managing the work-life challenge I think that we're all facing here the past seven months. Katie, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me. Well, thank you so much, Claudia, for having me. Glad to be here. Just by way of background, you and I got to know each other this past spring when I served as the interim director of communications for the Derby Museum. And I don't know, I realized too that you had just started in that position. (laughs) Did did you enter it much like I did, thinking this is going to be sweet? It is bourbon hats and horses. And we're talking about all the great news that happens at the Kentucky Derby Museum. And then COVID hit. And I was just curious, like, from that, and we never even got to talk about this, honestly, like from an onboarding perspective, like speak to professionally how you, coming from that tourism background, switch gears to find the successful space that you did in such a critical time. Well, COVID-19 certainly created its own unique challenges for everyone, I think. So uh, the nice part is I wasn't isolated in that experience, um, much like yourself, I came in uh, with a whirlwind of ideas and positive momentum and so on. The onboarding piece of that uh, was a whirlwind as well, just jumping feet first into several different projects and then bam, COVID-19. So it was one of the most trying times, I think, for for myself as a professional uh, working mom. And it was one that I really had to lean into my strengths and my skills and my background. So not having the advantage of knowing the business, the in and out of how the organization worked, coming from government, uh, which is vastly different than the not-for-profit world, thrust into that was a learning curve. One that I appreciate the patience that was given and afforded to me uh, by the leadership here at KDM. You know, you talk about like finding that balance, you know, and I just kind of laugh anymore when people are like, yeah, yeah, I have work-life balance. Sure. And because I feel like that was so put to the test this past year. But what did you find that you felt like brought peace to your home uh, with a husband, two kids? I know you have um, other family nearby, your mom. How did you find peace in, in what worked for you? Well, a wise person once said that there is no balance between work and family, and this situation in and of itself put that really to test. Um, Finding peace at home amongst chaos, frustration, the fear of the unknown was really something that took time uh, to really evaluate. Pretty early on, my husband and I, both working from home, both kids at home doing school, really decided that it was going to take a village for all of us to get through. And so, like you stated, my mom uh, retired to nanny for us. She helped us tremendously. But it's really looking at a segment of time and determining what has to take precedence at that time. I'm a firm believer in planning. It alleviates any unwarranted stress. 
got to analyze those pain points, try to navigate the uncertainties and just really lean into the support that you have amongst your um, your network. And that could be both professionally and personally. And, you know, we're really fortunate. We live out on some acreage uh, in the heart of kind of central Kentucky, beautiful horse country. And so for us, peace was just taking a moment, reprioritizing our schedules, knowing that we're all kind of in the same situation, just taking that break, powering down the brain and getting outside. Um, and then and then you're kind of ready to get back at it. And whatever comes your way, you'll just be ready to, to go from there. Is there something that you learned that you're like, you know, we're going to keep doing this as a family from here on out, and this forced us to make this change? You know what I mean? Like, is there something that you're like, this is what we're going to carry in our family life from here on out? Exactly. I think um, as a society, we always say that we need to take time, pause, see what's important and evaluate that. But who really took the time to do that prior to right. COVID? Yeah. So uh, we we were able to kind of pinpoint and focus on what was important to us, and it also illuminated some of the other struggles that you know we we've been really blessed as a family. And it was a point that you know the media was able to share the stories of those that were in need, and our kids really grasp a hold of that. Uh, that was something that they really questioned. Uh, they have have lived a really blessed life. So to be able to illuminate other struggles in a positive way, we kind of started doing these small gestures of joy is what we call them. And uh, we've always done little things for people, but uh, being outside, thankful for the nice weather that we had during all of this for the most part. Um, I love to garden. So we were able to put flowers together for folks and take those as just small gestures to bring, you know, hopefully a little bit of sunshine to folks. Uh, we did baked goods, notes and cards. We try to check in with folks that we normally, you know, maybe once a year at the holidays, we were able to do that. And it really brought so much happiness to our family. So that's something that we've continued on. You know, we don't we don't do it every day like we were, uh, but it's certainly something that we try to prioritize each week. And I'm sure we're going to skip a week here or there. But that is something that really was a positive that came out of this for our family. Um, and, you know, it's really fun to engage those kiddos' minds and let them come up with something that was unique that they thought would bring joy to somebody else. I love that. I, I totally echo that. And we started doing some of that as well. What advice would you give to working moms? I think a lot of women look to you and it's like, Katie has it all together. <laughs> Katie's managing <laughs> and you laugh. <laughs> it's true. Katie has it all together. Katie has a great job and she's managing, uh, you know, home life and this, this incredible career. But women feel totally exhausted. And it's like, how do I keep like, how do I lean in and keep doing things and keep pressing forward? What would you tell them? Sure. So, well, Katie doesn't do it alone. Katie has a village, as I stated. Uh, that's one of the things that I knew I needed. Um, you got to give yourself some grace. You know, no matter where you are in your career, you're going to screw it up. You're going to screw it up at home. You're going to screw it up at the office. Um, my previous career, I was formally traveling quite a bit. And uh, those really brought to light when I was gone 
when I come back home, I always try to go above and beyond. Uh, the birthdays, the parties, the get-togethers were all over the top. And what I identified pretty early on is that was mom guilt, and that's really not healthy. Um, additionally, it was, you know, trying to make school parties or homemade baked goods and all the pressures that you receive as this working parent. And I don't think it's just moms. I mean, I think today uh, all parents feel this push-pull and the struggle between work and home. Um, you know, the opposite side of all of that guilt was going to one of those events with our kids and I'd hear, you know, some kind of praise for them to say, oh, well, my mom is such and such and she got to do this or she she's accomplished this. And, you know, that really makes it all worthwhile because I want to show my children that I'm blazing a wider trail for other little girls in the workforce, like the women before me that blazed the trail. I hope that they have even more opportunities and um, they they can find a partner in life uh, so that they can succeed and share that balance of work and parenting. And I also want to show them that they don't need to settle for less. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to feel frustrated. It's really okay to feel totally overwhelmed sometimes. But be in those brief periods and then pick yourself up, help and lean into your village. And really, it's okay to send the beds to uh, bed early if you want to and take a little extra moment for yourself or uh, hide out in another room and, and grab that Reese cup too. So um, it's just something that we all need to give ourselves a little bit more grace. And I really mean that. Um, and, and, and it's provided a little bit of sense of happiness and f fulfillment to me to give myself some grace. Finally, tell us a little bit about what is going on at the Kentucky Derby Museum. I know they've had to shift and move, and and they, you, you're surrounded by some incredible folks there. How have has the Kentucky Derby Museum adapted, and then what is coming up this fall that might interest people? I'll tell you, we have an amazing team here at KDM. We have folks that have really been able to go above and beyond and, and share their strengths and share their passions and when times of turmoil come, you really see those that want to work for the greater good. And we've been really lucky here at the museum to have an amazing team at all levels, uh, director to part-timer and all in between. It's been a real privilege to watch those folks grow, to watch those folks interconnect and to leave their specific areas and help another uh, department uh, succeed. And I'll tell you, we're looking, even though our visitation is uh, a little slow just to the nature of the year, folks going back to school and so on, uh, we have some really great things coming up next week. Uh, Ladies in Leadership, which will be at a phenomenal event and uh, all about women's empowerment and lifting each other up. And then uh, none other than Bob Baffert dinner uh, at the 1st of November. It will be an amazing event to share and the rich um, win of Authentic this year for a very unique Derby 146. And then don't miss our new exhibit, Right to Ride. Also uh, showcasing the history of female jockeys in uh, thoroughbred racing. So pretty, pretty amazing. And then, and then look out for spring. We're looking forward to 21 Derby. 
oh, we are all looking forward to 2021. <laughs> you know, I I even, I, I thought, okay, I need to start my countdown to Derby next year right now, because I, I think a lot of people will be looking forward to that. And um uh, we'll certainly encourage people to get out there and to visit, especially Right to Ride. I'm looking forward to seeing everything as well. Can't wait to see you. All right, Katie, thank you so much for taking the time. It's just been great catching up with you. Likewise. Take care. Okay, you too. You've been listening to Conversations with Coffee. A special thank you to my guest, Katie Fussenager with the Kentucky Derby Museum. Don't forget that their new exhibit called Right to Ride, featuring trailblazing female jockeys, opens at the museum October 16th. For more information, just head on over to derbymuseum.org.